0: yo 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 what is good everybody welcome back to mount Draftmore. the core four is in the war room ready to draft again i am surrounded by matt dylan and dustin what is Woo-hoo. good y'all
1: Woo-hoo-hoo. hello Yeehaw. we are back <laughs> in the
0: building ready to draft yet again as i hit the buzzer we're so excited 60s musicians or bands guys we're working on Collections of music from the 60s. Hell yeah. Nothing before, nothing after. The influence after doesn't matter more than what they did in that decade, Mm -hmm. right? We're focusing
1: on the 60s. How's everybody doing, Matt? We'll start with you. Doing good. I mentioned to these gentlemen a little bit previously, but to our lovely audience, me and the wifey, we're putting in a little home loan. We're trying to beat them home owners, right? I'm trying to have that. Mm-mm-mm-mm. You already know that I bought that sweet-ass Traeger smoker, <laughs> all right? Need a place to put it. I need a place it. to put it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, we'll have a nice uh, casa here in the, in the near future, and then we can have the War Room Part de over on there. So nice. I'm looking forward to that. that. That's what's up with me. Cool. Yeah.
2: Um dylan here i've been watching the sopranos finally like about time yeah i know like finally getting into it and uh nice. i've got to say i i it took me a while to realize the genius behind the show but i'm there and i love it and i'm on season six now six a and uh oh man i'm
1: just like ooh, ooh. so question for you is aj soprano the worst or is he the worst uh he's He's definitely the worst. He's, he's the worst. He's a yeah, piece yeah.
3: Of shit. <laughs> yep, he is. He's terrible. Okay. Wow. Well, it's over to me. I got two things. Matt is de, two in French. We. Oui. <laughs> it always sounds like when people say that, I'm always like, oh yeah, it's French, but it sounds like you just stuttered
1: and you still have to like something <laughs> to say. Like,
3: oh, are you trying to say dose? It's dose, bro. <laughs> no, it's a uh, it's d u
1: d e u x. So it's de, du
3: du. Yeah, I had, a cousin who, trois. <laughs> I had a cousin who went to Paris, and they were, like, really good with languages. They speak, like, four different ones, and they're like, man, it is hard. French, kudos it's, to it's you, man. It's Matt. real, like, back of the throat nasally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah shout out, Husna. <laughs> you can speak French real well.
0: <laughs> whoop, whoop. Yeah, yeah, there you go.
3: All right, but the other things going on in my head are, man, there's some pressure. I got my dad, all my uncles, the people who love this decade of music. I got them tuning in to this episode we gotta make good picks gentlemen let's do the six i'm so so, stoked. <laughs> so true
2: yo i was talking to my dad who is like a legit baby boomer he's 70 years old he's been in radio for five decades and man like after talking to him i realized how hard it is it's it, it's it's hard to pick a four team draft for this decade yes it, there's so many so picks. Difficult. so many you almost need like a five or six team draft really Um, And bands you think would be good picks? Not so much because they were underground at the time, and now they have more name recognition,
0: which is crazy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know a lot about 60s music. There are songs that I like, but I don't know a lot about the folks, about the people. So, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm just picking off of that perspective of, yeah, I like those songs.
1: Those are good songs. Those songs were good. (laughs) (laughs) Those are good songs.
0: They're good to listen to, good throwback. Yeah. What's new with me? I had something to share, but everyone's so lighthearted and so bubbly and ready to go with this draft. I think I'll just forego that because it was kind of like a downer and just more of a rant than anything. So no point in getting into that. We'll roll with this jam. We're doing 60s music, musicians, bands. We're not picking songs. Songs might be included with the musician or band, but we're focusing on on the names of the people Mm -hmm. or person. Well, you got. Right? The order has been selected. Dustin has finally relieved me of the first round pick. Thank you so Woo! much. Dylan will go second. I'm not bound by the McDonald's dilemma. Yep.
2: Of which there is
0: one. Yeah, yeah, there definitely is one, yeah. I'm going number three, and Matt, as always. As always. It's almost like you have created your own seat in the fourth spot. Mm-hmm. The most valuable pick.
1: The back-to-back.
0: Damn. Damn. All right, well, let's get this ball rolling. Round one. Dustin, you are up first. McDonald's dilemma. Everyone, does he abide by the McDonald's dilemma, or does he forego and try mm. and go does with another selection?
3: What does he do? Oh, I go with the McDonald's Own it. Right. <laughs> I'm going with the Beatles. There you go. It is the obvious number one here, and for several reasons. I understand some criticisms out there, but totally transformed the decade. Had so many different musical influences, iconic songs that everyone recognizes, even if they're not really into music. Had so many band or so many albums come out. Um, in addition, some of the criticism sometimes when it's like, oh, you know, they got a little sloppy for their live performances when they are playing these big stadium concerts, the sound acoustics because everyone was just screaming like. Ah. That just meant that they couldn't really hear themselves in the monitor, so that's actually why they stopped playing live, and it kind of affected how they were playing together as a group. But once they went back, you have like kind of that first era of classic Beatles pulling on some classic rock sounds. Then they go to their next kind of studio phase, having lots of classics like Revolver. Um, I don't know. There's so much that you can say about this band. It's even hard to like structure my thoughts here because, I mean, literally hour long documentaries, like 10 part series have been made about this one band and all of their influences. And all of them pretty much went on to have respected careers after that. The McCartney, John Lennon songwriting duo, classic, so many recognizable Mm. hits. George
1: Harrison went off on his own. Yeah.
3: Yep. Mm -hmm. Lennon and Yoko got Paul, Ringo's still respected in the music industry. I like, <laughs> I I kind of love Ringo, but yeah, I love that he has a sense of humor about
1: it too. Mm-hmm. Singing songs like yeah, he's definitely the, f- the fourth out of the four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: which is funny because he was the last one to add on. And at first, they, they had, had a different
1: drummer, didn't they? Yeah, Pete Best.
3: Yeah, yeah, and then they were super stoked to get Ringo because he was a bigger musician at the time that they acquired him mm-hmm. than they were. So they were like, "Wow, we have this like." you know, really great star that's joining us. And as, out of drummers, he's very well respected. I mean, in, out of like music producers, like he has a great year for music is a great year for percussion. Like I love Ringo. Well, and his,
1: his son was the drummer for the who for a while. Oh, I don't know if he still is, but yeah,
3: that's wild.
2: Yeah. There's this funny quote though, from Paul, um, about Ringo when (laughs) that, like the interview is asking about Ringo's drumming and, And Paul goes like Ringo Ringo's not even the best drummer in the band. Cause Paul is actually like the biggest multi-instrumentalist in the Beatles. Mm. And by the way, Paul's career is still going hot. Dude just released McCartney three. That's a banger. It's legit. (laughs) So.
3: Yeah. I mean, honestly, like they have so many musical influences influencing other bands at the time. Um, while my guitar gently weeps is such a classic, and that one, the it's a guitar, song, yeah, yeah, George Harrison actually had the guitar part written for him, I believe, by Eric Clapton, and then one of, wait, du-
2: I think Dwayne Allman played it though,
3: didn't he? Mm, I thought George Harrison did, and Eric Clapton wrote it for him. Okay, oh. I'll search that up and tell you. Yeah, yeah. Let's we'll, exactly we'll, we'll figure that out. Yeah at half but yeah so much can be said so I'm just gonna end it there y'all can fill Solid, in the links yes Solid for sure I pick. am
0: so dude. glad I didn't have the first pick because I don't know shit about the Beatles and I didn't want to research anything on the Beatles because I don't know shit about the Beatles because I don't really want to listen to that
2: <laughs> dude uh, Dustin you're right about Eric Clapton
0: yeah I'm,
2: I'm sorry I don't know where I came in with Dwayne Allman that's weird yo just to, like I want to back you up on the Beatles like they are I'm saying like a lot that's weird uh <laughs> you like them you love them I, I like You'll them want a lot They to vote for them They are the like to, to this day the best selling band of all time Um so they've sold more than a billion units worldwide Wow Uh Damn. which is is crazy
1: also didn't uh, michael jackson own the discography like the, the catalog of the beatles because yeah and that pissed paul mccartney it off because
2: paul gave him investment <laughs> advice he was like oh go invest in, in and you know uh song ownership and michael took it literally they like, were buddies
1: okay i'll buy all the beatles <laughs> yeah they did a yeah. song together
0: dude yeah
1: say yeah. say say yeah yeah <laughs> they also had
3: a moment in the 60s that they were like fuck segregation like we're not gonna play Mm-hmm. in this concert in the south unless you allow an integrated audience yes. so i mean i think a lot of like the british groups had a little different perspective as outsiders they're like this is weird america's got a weird stuff like you know segregation jim crow system going on of course they have their own skeletons in the closet but mm-hmm. still at the time woo it's good to see some people trying to do what's right yeah so and Excellent pick. Yeah. One more thing about the Beatles, y'all. Yeah. And that,
2: like I just want to back up Pump because me
1: up. they are so important. <laughs> He's they pulling really a Donald. <laughs> I, have, I have
2: to. So the Beatles, they basically people followed them as a whole generation throughout that decade, and music did too. By yes. the like before the mid '60s, before 1964, the Beatles were like a pop band that covered their favorite songs yep. or popular songs. Uh, but like 1963, 64 hits and they start pumping out like all of their own, own songs that they've written and they're not just pop songs, but they're experimenting and blending genres yes. and that influenced all the other musicians that came along, all of them, yeah. uh, in that, like in music during that time period. It's crazy how influential they were and they got 12 albums released between 1962 and 1970. Yeah. So, and they're all good.
3: sergeant Pepper, they have, I think it's on that album, they have like a back to back, uh, lovely Rita, and then like When I'm 64, and oh, the yeah. genres are switching up so much. Yep. But I like it, I think they're doing it well. They had their like Ravi Shankar, like got involved with them. Yes, yeah, but okay, moving on to the second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That right. was not a
0: cutest to like <laughs> wrap it up. That was like a Hell yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah! It is awesome. Like I'm glad someone who likes the Beatles picked the Beatles. Like
4: yes, oh, yeah, yeah,
2: Dustin, you good
1: get job. Get Dustin from Liverpool. Great, you get it. <laughs> all right, all right, Dylan. What's the second pick?
2: I'm I'm rounding out the second pick with another huge influential artist of the '60s that whose legacy is still not done. Bob Dylan. Yeah, oh, oh. there you That's go. Yeah. Actually, yeah. my namesake uh, because we have really? the same birthday. Oh, hey. No shit. There you go. That's cool. Uh, So Dylan has been described as one of the most influential figures of the 20th century, musically and culturally. He was included in the Time 100, the most important people of the century, where he was called master poet, caustic social critic, and intrepid guiding spirit of a counterculture generation. President Barack Obama constantly reiterates his love of Bob Dylan, yes, uh, saying there is not a bigger giant in the history of American music. He even received, uh, what was it? It was, um, the, he was the first musician to be awarded the Literature Prize. Um, I feel, I felt like it was. Like, when did that happen? That was two thousand. Okay, stop. I'm going to stop you there. Whoa. Because
0: like I said, we are working on bodies of work within the 60s. What he did after, no. the legacy after. We're not talking about greatest artists of all time. We need to be very careful about sticking within the decade for which we are in. What they do later comes later, and we will get to that in a future draft, but we need to stick to the 60s. I'm sorry, Bob Dylan is a great pick for the 60s. What he means after the 60s, definitely relevant. However, let's stick to the 60s, bro. Yeah. Stick to the <laughs> 60s.
2: Okay, well, I'll keep talking. Uh, so, <laughs> thank you. Uh Dylan's lyrics not only stood in contrast to the rigid adult world dominating the mainstream of pre-1960s America, his lyrics also ring true today. Yes. So one of my favorite lyrics from uh, the song, The Times, They Are a Changing." Yes. Come Mm -hmm. mothers and fathers throughout the land and don't criticize what you can't understand. Your sons and your daughters are beyond your command. Your old road is rapidly aging. Please get out of the new one if you can't lend your hand. For The Times, They Are a changing. Bob Dylan spoke to multiple, multiple groups of people. He's speaking to Mm -hmm. young people who were coming of age in such a vast quantity at the time of the 1960s that hadn't been seen before. Baby boomers were like the biggest generation until millennials. Mm -hmm. And he was also speaking because it was a massive time of upheaval upheaval and change with the civil rights movement, Mm -hmm. women's liberation, LGBTQ movement, uh, decolonization throughout the Mm -hmm. world. Um, He defined multiple genres he defined he redefined what it meant to be a folk musician yes and then he went electric and redefined what it means to be a rock and roll artist like this dude he complicated the narrative of rock and roll in the 1960s he even inspired the beatles to complicate their music and lyrics after they met each other in new york city and introduced them to weed um (laughs) yeah bob dylan you know what? Like he's got a great legacy today, but he had a great legacy back then too. I just think it's important to talk about both just because like he's still relevant. And I'm shocked when I hear people say they don't know who he is. Um, Anyway, yeah. Bob Dylan. Dylan great pick.
3: Excellent. Dylan. Excellent. Yeah, that's such a good pick. You backed me up, so I'm gonna do a quick backup get Self-prescribed. out of here. Self prescribed <laughs> Yes, good pick. You heard many yeses from Yo, me. Yo, give
2: me that horn. Give me the horn. I yes. want the horn. Do the I horn. demand the horn. You can't no, buy the horn. the horn. I demand the horn. You
3: can't buy the
0: horn.
1: Boo. You know what? No, I had
0: thought about giving it to him, but then you start asking me for the horn and Once audience, you ask,
1: You can't have it. No.
3: No. I am the controller of the horn. No.
0: Yeah, there's a reason why it's like Paul Hollywood. It's not. <laughs> Paul, give me
3: that handshake. Yeah, Paul, give me a handshake. Wrap it up. You know what? You this know what Paul would garugula. say. You know what Paul would say? You know the Swiss. I just meringue.
0: walked around the corner. I just walked around the corner because that's what Paul would do.
3: <laughs> but Dylan, you backed me up, so I'll just do a quick backup. Yes, in the civil rights movement, for uh, how many roads must a man walk down? Like blowing in the wind, that song. Mm -hmm. also really big, and people kind of forget because they see the whole trajectory of the Civil Rights Movement. I believe that came in 63. That actually influenced some of Sam Cooke's music, Mm. and it was a huge movement song in that year. That's the same year that the March on Washington happened, same year that Birmingham happened. Yes, that's all I'm going to say. Good job, Dylan. Good job. Excellent, excellent.
1: Yeah,
0: Dylan. Dylan with Dylan. Woo! Dylan with Dylan. Dylan? Dylan with Dylan. Yeah, I got it now. I said it at first in question, <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh yeah, because he's Big Bob Dylan." Uh-huh. Got that. Got that. Third pick what goes you to yours truly. Yes, I'm so glad that the Beatles and Bob Dylan got taken, because don't really know jack about them, <laughs> but that's okay. For the third pick, talking about the '60s, we're talking about the Supremes, baby. Mm-hmm. Ooh.
4: Nice. Ooh. The
0: Supremes, female. American female singing group and the premier act of Motown Records during the nineteen sixties. They were founded as the Premets in Detroit in fifty nine, but we're not talking about the fifties. Talking about the sixties. They were the Supremes in the sixties. They were the most commercially successful of Motown's acts and are to date America's most successful vocal group with twelve number one singles. Most of these hits were written and produced by Motown's main songwriting and production team, who was Hollander or Holland Doe dozer and holland and at their peak in the mid-60s the supremes rivaled the beatles in worldwide popularity and it said that their breakthrough made it possible for future african-american r&b and soul musicians to find mainstream success they got out there commercially thanks to the supremes the supremes were made up of florence ballard mary wilson diana ross and betty mclown the original group formed in Detroit. That's why they're called Motown. That's where Motown Records was stationed, y'all. And during the mid-60s, the Supremes achieved mainstream success with Ross as the lead singer and Holland Dozer Holland as its songwriting and production team. Now, in 1967, Motown president Barry Gordon renamed the group Diana Ross and the Supremes because Diana was the head, you know, and then they replaced Ballard with Cindy Birdstrong. And then after that it gets into the seventies. So we're not gonna talk about the seventies.
3: You go Diana, yeah, Woo! Diana. Nice. That's a good nice. pick.
0: Yep. And they made a movie about that. Not not called the Supremes, you know. They changed a little bit of stuff. They call it Dream Girls, you know made with Beyonce, Beyonce. <laughs> and Queen Jennifer B. Hudson. But
3: hot flick, hot albums, hot group. What can be said? Ow, ow, ow. Is anyone three picks into this and thinking, damn, this is gonna be hard to vote for? There's some good yep, there's music. There's some good music. music. Oh, yeah. Uh, good music.
2: Well, I haven't even heard Matt's pick yet, so yeah. I know. I'm like,
1: Ooh. all right, Matty Ice, which that's a great segue. So my fourth-round pick, I'm going to go with one of the icons of our region. Ooh. You oh, know it. shit. You know it. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Nice. Yes. One of the most influential artists of all time. All right. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame describes him as one of the most influential and most important instrumentalists of all time. He was left-handed. He played a mean-ass guitar, right? You can name so many Jimi Hendrix songs off the top of your head. You're talking about Hey Joe, Foxy Lady, Voodoo Child, All Along the Watchtower. You think 60s, you think of Vietnam-era rock? Jimi Hendrix is in your mind. Oh, yeah. Easily, easily, right? And plus, being up in the Seattle region, you cannot not pick him. Right. He is so impactful when you're talking about Seattle's claim to fame musically. You think of him, you think of Kurt Cobain, you think of, but outside the grunge rock 90s scene of like, you're talking about the, all of the different grunge band, like Pearl Jam and, and Nirvana and all that. The only other like outsider musically, besides like maybe Macklemore contemporarily is Jimi Hendrix. Yep. that That's it. That's Seattle in a nutshell. And Jimi Hendrix is so incredibly influential. And I I personally, I grew up on his music. I love it to death. I love Jimi Hendrix. I mean, just that, you know, that distinct guitar sound and style and yeah. the vocals and whatnot. It's just like, it's a bit of soulful, but it's also rock. And it's just, it hits you. It goes hard. So, Jimi Hendrix, closing when, out of the first round. When u plays Purple Haze. Oh, yeah.
3: And like, yeah, that's perfect. Right? It gets you hyped. That's good music. Dude, and then sorry no you go all along the watchtower is played in like every dun, vietnam dun, 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 yes. yeah. the dun, funny thing was dun, dun, dun. is that bob dylan actually recorded the song first but mm-hmm. he took it from someone else and the guy was like hey wait a minute like there was a little dispute there because <laughs> he was like wait i recorded the song like, he even asked me about it um there's this documentary i gotta find the name of it that that comes up And then later on, Dylan had it happen to him where Jimi Hendrix recorded the song. And, like, that's now arguably the most famous recording of that song. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of funny. Karma, I guess, came in a little bit. I love Dylan, but he was known to be a little bit of an asshole sometimes. So Jimi Hendrix definitely came in. That song is great. It's played in, like, every movie. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think Dylan even said, like, that is the version of the song. Like, Jimmy's version. Mm -hmm. Because it was just so... I mean, he he redefined how that song even sounds. Yeah. Um, And... And that comes into Matt, like, I want to back up your pick because Jimmy redefined how you play electric guitar. There's Absolutely. electric guitar. This is coming from the perspective of a guitarist. There's guitar before Hendrix and guitar after Hendrix. Yes. He, the way he used gain and feedback and overdrive and wah pedals and phase on his recordings to change like where the music is coming from in the speaker to make it kind of trippy. Yes. Like that dude was so innovative. And forget like how good he was on the guitar. He was a little sloppy, but he was super good. His style yes. was amazing like and he innovated that style of like fast guitar playing that would go on to create all these different genres that we you know people enjoy today like metal for example or you know uh like jam rock or things like that
1: yeah i mean if you think about guitar players you think of a few you think of eric clapton you think of like eddie vetter right but mm-hmm. well, not eddie vetter um, eddie van halen my bad my bad um and then you think of Jimi Hendrix. Like, mm-hmm. you think there's a few that stand out on the pantheon of guitar players. Hendrix, and Slash, that. since we picked Slash. Dude, <laughs> there you go. Slash.
2: Yes. slash. Not 1960s, but
3: a dude with style. Yeah. yeah. A dude with so much style. So good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My class breaks down Star Spangled Banner by Hendrix at Woodstock. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel like there's a couple kids who are as into it as I am. And the ones who aren't, I'm just like, okay, you can zone out or whatever. Or get with it, because this is a fucking dope rendition of this song. <laughs> yes, and this fits so well into this U.S. history class. You need to get with it, kids, dude. And it was so revolutionary <laughs> for him to do that.
2: Like, yes. can you imagine during the re- like any time where people are like, "Oh, communists, you know, they're evil." Like Jimmy took a, a the national anthem and did that. Excellent. Well, and he was doing stuff Feeling on stage too. It. He's like
1: lighting his guitar on fire. Uh, yeah, everything.
0: Playing with his feet. Dude. Yeah. And there's this. Wild man. There's yeah. There's this
2: crazy story of Eric Clapton, and he was with a few other, like, 60s musicians in a club, and Jimmy was fresh, and they saw him live, and Eric, you know, again, this is like an uh, an apocryphal story or whatever, but, like, he says, uh, he's reported to have said, like, wow, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> the ultimate after showman. Wa- the ultimate yeah, showman. Yeah, after watching Jimmy.
1: Yeah, that, that that closes out first round. Wow, that closes out. Nice, dang, that's a crazy first round. That's a good Justin,
0: you got backed up by Dylan. Dylan, you got backed up by Dustin. I didn't get backed <laughs> up by anybody. <laughs> Matt got backed up by Dylan. It's like, wow, that's the first round. But yeah, yeah. we're we're on it. Good first round, gents. Yeah, solid good. first round.
3: Very solid.
0: Yeah, who do we got? We got doing our stuff right now. Got a
3: little, a little, we got
0: something. A little something. We got a. Little, oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Give we got me a little, little facts. bit of Matt facts for y'all. Matt, what's on the docket for facts?
1: I got a couple uh, trivia questions for you. Talking about our man Barry Gordy, aka the Godfather of Motown. Ooh, All right, wow. Motown music, 60s. You know it's important. How much do you believe he sold Motown records for, total?
3: Damn. When what do you
1: think he sold it for? When did he sell? I sold in the eighties.
3: Ooh. I'm so bad yeah. with these number ones. Yeah,
2: this is hard. I don't know, like a hundred million. Okay. That's wrong. That's gotta be wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Curry. Okay. <laughs> that
3: meant you're wrong. Moving on. Dylan, what was yours? A hundred mil? It was a hundred gajillion dollars. $1 billion dollars. Uh oh man. $250 million. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <No! laughs>
0: I'm going to play the Price is Right game and say $1 million.
1: Actually, Price is Right, it, it would actually go to Dylan. It's $61 million. No, it would go to me. You said he, one? He's over it. I'm $100 million. Yeah, but Yeah, but he's, cl- he's closer to the no, sixty one than you I are. I said yeah.
0: price is right. I said, well, dude, you last time you rules. said I was closer <laughs> when the question was clearly <laughs> somewhere. I right. right. was not good at math that day. Yeah, I, I won that, that. round. <laughs> All
1: right, well, I guess, what was it? 60? $61 million. And just in terms of context, Barry Gordy is now worth a net worth of $400 million. Whoa. So just think about it, just money-wise. But also Ooh. just think about, we're going to get in probably more Motown artists throughout this draft, but... Only $61 million. Again, that's 80s money, so that's a lot more nowadays. But still, that's kind of a low-ball number, if you, if you ask me. I think it's worth way more. You're talking about all the influential artists that I'm not going to name because they might come up in the draft right. that come yeah. out of Motown Records in the 60s. So it's kind of crazy, though, right, if you think about values and what well, he's worth now. and Motown was huge. Yeah. So that is wild. Right? Only $61 million. Yeah. yeah. Hmm.
3: Damn. Yeah. Nice.
1: Only sixty one million. million. But in
0: the eighties yeah. that was a ton of money. Still. So Yeah. All right. All right. Well
3: Here we go. That was
0: some quick round ra- that was some quick round math facts. Two. But we gotta get into the second round. Back to back to and back. And Matt to back. Matt always has the fourth the he fourth does. pick. It's like he's not the president. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like the secretary of defense so he's making all the like the really important
3: calls <laughs> yeah that no one pays attention to until the end and all of a sudden we're like damn how did mac get away with such a good team
0: yeah the only secretary of defenses that are remembered are the ones during vietnam yeah. because people were paying attention and they were so pissed <laughs> and they were like Ugh, fuck you mcnamara yep fuck you kissinger uh <clears throat> But yeah. Matt's just
1: sitting there. He's like, yep, just yep. playing behind the scenes. I'm the puppet master. <laughs> the Slide under state. the radar. Not a popular All right, position. so with my first pick of the second round, I'm going to go with another. I'm sticking with kind of the rock and roll theme for right now. And I'm going to go with another Vietnam-era rock staple. I'm talking about CCR, gentlemen. Oh, a little okay. Clearance Clearwater Revival. This Credence. Is, Credence, this is, yeah. This cre- is getting a little
0: dangerous with Credence. <laughs> there you go. CCR. Half, CCR. Of the, half of their good shit comes out in the seventies, uh-huh. little bit. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. It's, it's, it's
1: a little on the borderline there. A uh-huh. yep. well, on the borderline, but they got. You're some playing a borderline
0: pick. pick early, dude. Yep. I'm. I'm kind of judging. Right. It's like hey. that. That's a good fourth round pick because you can justify. You know, their their late sixties, bangers are good, mm-hmm. but their seventies bangers are some of the more recognized. And come on, I mean, sell and it's, people on it's this. A little, pick.
1: it's a little bit of both. <laughs> I will recognize that, but I'm also talking about. Early Vietnam era, right? Vietnam War comes out in the early 60s. So we're talking about U.S. involvement in Vietnam comes out in 64. So by the time that CCR comes on the scene in 68, they're ready to speak out against that. All right, you're talking about Vietnam Rock. It's CCR. Again, I understand that it does span into the 70s a little bit, but this is a short, I mean, this is a flash-in-the-pan band. All right? right, <laughs> you're talking about Fortunate Son. That's a 60s staple, all right? 60s staple. All right, that that encapsulates the Vietnam War era in a nutshell. All right. So, yes, while they do have a little bit in the 70s, I recognize that. But when I'm thinking 60s Vietnam era, all right, rock and roll, I'm thinking CCR. So that's going to be my pick.
0: I don't have a problem with the pick. Mm-hmm. I just wanted you to let people know what were some of their bangers
1: in the 60s. Yeah. You know, differentiate it. Yeah. You definitely got Fortunate Son. All right. You got 69. Susie Q. All right. Okay. Got several of them. Several. When was the run through the jungle one? Run through the jungle? Let me look that up. It'll run through the, the jungle. jungle. <laughs> <laughs> It'll run through the jungle. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Right? Also, when was the Ted Offense? That, that, that song is right? called.
0: Wait. Isn't that song called. No, that's not
3: Green River. No, I thought it was just Run Through the Jungle. Yeah. There's another one with yeah. River in the title, though. Right?
0: Green River is another song. They got a lot of bangers. Born on the Bayou. So many.
1: Bad Moon Rising. Yeah,
3: that one that one's good too. Bad Moon yeah. Rising. What year was that? That was 68.
1: Yeah, see one. I'm telling you. Oh, 60. okay. Nope, it's run Through the Jungle is 70, but
0: it's okay. Fortunate Son Okay, so Run Through the Jungle does not count. <laughs> but but they still have a lot of good songs. I wasn't yeah. trying, you know, Ding. yeah, no, just no, trying it's a to solid pick. It.
1: No, I liked I I appreciate the context cuz you do have to understand they do span a couple decades, but I would say the body of work in the 60s, when we're talking about 68 and 69, is more significant than what they do in 70, 71, and 72. Context, but,
0: baby. Yeah. But the level of politicism within their songs contextually is important to recognize because in 68, you listen to their music versus Run Through the Jungle in 70. Mm-hmm. It's a lot less like coded, mm-hmm. and it's a lot more forward as to what's actually going on, a lot more to the anti-war movement by the time you get to 70. So keep it in the 60s. Uh, that's, a,
3: that's a good pick. <laughs> yeah. Solid Nice. Pick. Help me out here. Wasn't the Tet Offensive in 68?
1: I believe so. Yeah. yeah.
3: It was like, yeah, okay. Because I was thinking in my head either 68 or 69. Yeah, 1968. Like after that, that's like definitely the anti-war movement it is raging at that point because that was like, oh, wait, all these lies that we're winning, we're winning. Fuck no. Even though... The North Vietnamese forces and the Viet Cong lost more people in that battle. The shock of it all, and, like, mm-hmm. such a large offensive mounted, people are like, nope, F the U.S. government. They're mm-hmm. lying
1: to us. Boom. And then you have... Uh, well, I mean, that whole the whole song, the fortunate song that comes out in 69, is all about, like, how sons of, like, senators and whatnot are excluded from the draft yeah. and all, like, yeah. the draft-dodging crap that the elites can take care of. Ooh. And you, when you're talking about anti-war... Vietnam era it, it is pretty much like 67 to 69 that's the height of anti-Vietnam War protest mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. and CCR is the face of that music
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Nice.
1: so good. i mean fortunate son it's a very literal song right fortunate sons don't have to go to war mhm so there you go yeah
0: wow good job good pick CCR nice first pick of the second round i'm going to go with with the with the band that was synonymous with 60s car culture mm mm-hmm. mhm I'm taking you to the beach. Ooh. I'm taking oh. you to California. We get around, round, round. get around. Yeah. I get around. <laughs> yeah, Beach Boys. Yeah. yeah, Beach Boys instrumental to the '60s. Right, oh, they were yeah. they were that answer to the British Invasion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were the American yeah. the American band. Beatles yeah. specifically. They were West Coast. Yep. They were very highway, open road, driving your car top down, hitting the beach, having a good time. Beach Boys, they're what we want to remember about the 60s. -hmm. Counterculture, all that, great. But the Beatles, they weren't really the counterculture. They were the culture. (laughs) Grab your surfboard. Grab your girl. Wouldn't it be nice?
1: Wouldn't it be nice <laughs> if we <laughs> could? Win? Yeah. The
3: way you're selling this, California side, like the girl. Tone, they were the culture. I was like, oh, conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> Barbara Ann,
0: surfing U.S. Kokomo.
3: Man, you know, it's interesting because I bought this Rolling Stones magazine that was like the top 100 songs written of all time, and they had a lot mentioned by bands we've already all mentioned. So not just uh beach boys but it's really interesting to hear their writing styles and how different they were like there were some songs mentioned by bob dylan that he wrote like in a day and you know there's other like short stories or like novels that have been written extremely fast the beach boys with good vibrations which i do love that song yeah took them like eight months to record It was the like, exact opposite like one song took them a long time it's just so interesting because i know like nowadays people are like Uh, when is this band going to release more stuff and I'm like let them do their thing you don't know maybe we got a good vibrations eight month taking them a while is going to take them two years to release some stuff not everyone can write stuff in a day what matters is the
1: music boom hashtag Brian Williams (laughs) is an absolute genius musically I mean you're talking about he's the the guy controlling all the levers behind the Beach Boys Mm -hmm. we're talking about them spending eight months recording one song because he wants the right tone of every single instrument that goes into one single song and that's why part of the reason he's like a troubled genius. He has been for a very long time. But yeah. But yeah. that's also
2: why when you listen to the Beach Boys today, they sound perfect. Yeah, yeah. they're they great. sound so good. Like they could have come out yesterday. I mean they were they're so absolutely good. on point. Yeah.
0: Brian Wilson, <laughs> not Wilson. Wilson, my bad. Wilson knows. No, Wilson. You know, you're right. Yeah, yeah. He was the composer, arranger, producer, the
1: he guy. Was the behind leader. It. He was the leader. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Unfortunately a lot of pressure put on him too. And that, you know, took a a bad turn, but he came back from it in a strong way, so that's good.
1: Also, yeah. you want to know a little? Uh, this, this, this is uh, uh, kind of like on the scene that <laughs> fact about the Beach Boys. <laughs>
2: yes, yes.
3: Do you want to know? We're backing you up, baby. Which,
1: Let's go. Which NBA player has an uncle who is in the Beach Boys? Whoa, whoa! Now we're bringing What's sports into cur- this. There is a current NBA player who is an NBA champion who has an uncle who is in the Beach Boys. I believe it's uh, Mike Wilson or Mike. I forget it's Mike. I know it's Mike. <laughs> His name is Mike, and His it might Mike. be Wilson. <laughs> Wilson. <laughs> 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 we'll fact check, <laughs> and so I'll fine. let you we'll know on another that. date. Uh-huh. But yeah. do you want to know who it is? Yeah. Yeah. It's Kevin Love. Kevin Love's uncle's in the Beach Boys. Oh. Oh. So nice. you're talking about Brian Wilson? No. 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 It's a. Uh, it's. It's, it's uh, got to be Mike, man. Mike. It's Mike. It's Mike. Mike
3: t- Wait. Oh, Mike Love. Mike Love. There you go. Mike Love. Oh, that makes sense. Kevin
1: Love. Mike Love. Yeah. We're smart people. Oh, wow. hey guys, look at us. We're smart. <laughs> we got it. So how Boom, many degrees of separation dots. from, like, the Beach Boys to LeBron, Kevin Love? There you go. Damn. Wow. <laughs> how about that? How about that? Nice. That's cool, dude. Well, there you go. Good that's, pick. That's this, is a good so yeah. this is a good round so far. This is a good draft. This is a great draft. I yeah. 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 love it. Back to, back to uh, Dylan.
2: Whoa. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm bringing it hot. I'm bringing it in with, you know who they are, the bad boys of rock and roll. Ooh. I'm talking about. The guys who went on Ed Sullivan Uh-oh. wearing sweaters and Uh-oh. jeans. They had to change the lyrics to one of their songs from Let's Spend the Night Together to Let's Spend Some Time Together for that performance. That's I'm talking right. about The Rolling Stones. The Rolling
0: Stones. <laughs> yes. It only took seven picks to get there.
1: <laughs> Although, I will say the reason why I didn't pick them is because they're, they actually have a lot of bangers that come out post nineteen sixty. Yeah, and their
0: best album is... 70s, so
1: that's why I was like, eh. shout out Sticky Fingers. Yo, but Sticky anyways, Fingers is great. Start me up. I let
2: mean, let's talk a little bit about their 60s work. So, rooted in blues and early rock and roll, the Stones, just like the Beatles, actually started playing in covers. But then 1964 hits, and all of a sudden, th- with the British Invasion, they're writing their own songs, right? And they're quickly identified with youthful and rebellious counterculture of the 1960s. Uh, they found great success with their own materials. Let's Let's name drop some. I can't get no satisfaction. Dun, 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 dun.
0: I dun, can't get dun, no dun, 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 satisfaction. satisfaction.
2: Yeah, and okay, so one of the defining traits, right, is Mick Jagger's voice and also Keith Richards' guitar. Mick Jagger, they tried the <laughs> harmony thing that the Beatles went with, but it didn't work out because uh, just like the way their harmonies mesh, it didn't mesh quite the same. So you end up with this really unique sound that the Rolling Stones get with Mick Jagger's kind of like, I don't know what to call it, like almost a drawl when he sings. It's really interesting.
1: He's definitely the British guy who's like, I listen to a lot of soulful music. Yes. And I listen to a lot of like Southern music. I'm going to combine the best of all worlds.
2: And if you slow down like a Rolling Stones song, what it essentially becomes is a blues song, right? Uh, Or a blues gospel song. And you can hear that on a lot of their music. But they also have these bangers, like Paint It Black, right? Um, They've got... Sympathy
1: for the Devil. and
2: Sympathy for the Devil. Ruby Tuesday. Ruby... Goodbye, Ruby Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah, and and their lyrics are just so, like, explicit.
3: (laughs) What what year was that, uh... Just a shot away song. The um oh,
2: that's I think that's actually from the seventies. Damn. Well, hold on. Just shot away.
3: It's a Just it's a, a different sh- song title. That's I from
2: think. Give Me Shelter.
3: What yeah, it's Give Me Shelter. That's the name that's from
2: nineteen sixty nine. It's from Off Off Let yeah, It Bleed. There you go. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, like, is is Sticky Fingers great? Yes, but like from nineteen sixty four to onwards the Rolling Stones pretty much were a hit factory. Yeah. Like everything they true. did was pretty good. It's a um, Mick Jagger,
1: Jack- baby. I mean when you talk about like frontmen, Mick Jagger is like the top of the it's top. He is the top it's
2: like him, Freddie Mercury, mm. uh Elvis. Like you've got these num like these frontmen and Mick Jagger is who you think about. Oh for, for sure. sure. For sure. And, and and they were just they were so big. Um let me give you a little bit more about their legacy. So they've released thirty studio albums, y'all. I mean, these, holy hell, these folks have been so productive. And and uh, a little here's a little bit about what they've their legacy. Okay, because again, they're highly rooted in blues music. So a the lot band of the
3: music was at this time.
2: Yes, a lot of it. And the band has been viewed as the musical vanguard of a major transfusion of various cultural attitudes, uh, making them accessible in both America and Britain. Okay. Uh, Muddy Waters, pivotal bl- Delta blues musician um, slash blues rock musician, was quoted as saying that the Rolling Stones and other English bands piqued the interest of American youth and blues musicians. Uh, after they came out uh, of, in the United States, sales of Waters al- albums and those of other musicians actually increased public interest in blues music. So uh, not the, the Rolling Stones actually helped the U.S. reconnect with its own, like, Of music, which is interesting. Um, Damn you, Brits. I know, right? We didn't
3: see that one coming.
2: So the bad boys (laughs) of rock and roll, the Rolling Stones, there it is. They rock hard, they play blues, they play folk, they do it all.
3: Have y'all seen uh, that documentary, 20 Feet from Stardom? No. Oh, man. They have the background singer for Gimme Shelter, which is the part where they go rape, murder. It's just a shot away. And the instrumental cuts out at that point and it's really raw. I mean, it's just really raw because the Vietnam War is going on. And there's a lot of times in the US where, you know, we've been a little sheltered, haven't really had a lot of war. That happened right here. Um, we've been distant from a lot of other countries that have had a lot of internal stuff going on. And they're just saying, like, this is like so tense at this moment, one shot away, and we'll get the exact same thing. And the singer, the background singer that does it. In the documentary, they they talk to her and they get her story and everything, and then they play it without anything else. Chills. Fucking chills. And when you listen to it, I like got obsessed after that documentary. And I listened to that song first on vinyl. Then I listened to like every live performance on YouTube. And the crazy thing was, these singers are so talented that there's a point, the second time she does that ray murder sits a shot away, her voice cracks. And you think it's like, oh wow, that just sounds like it just happened. Like you were forcing your vocal cords so hard. Mm-hmm. But then you see multiple live performances, same crack, wow. same place. That is control over your fucking voice. That is mm-hmm. so incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm here trying to hit a basic like, da 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 I can't sing. I'm listening to this amazing, amazing stuff. So the background singers, woo woo, give me shelter. It's like my favorite song. Good for you, Dylan. That came in the 60s, so I can count that. <laughs> it, yeah. counts. it counts. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. Excellent pick. Thank excellent you. pick. Yeah. All right. That's moving on to my pick, which I'm going to go with Aretha Franklin. Oh, size. Nice. And while she has this massive career and she's known as the Queen of Soul, and she is super famous and super important for American music and American pop culture, some of her biggest hits. Were released in the sixties and some of my favorites. This decade gave us respect. I would say that's probably her biggest song. Mm-hmm. like R e s p e c t. Thank you for doing that because I would have stumbled. He
0: yeah. didn't do it right. R-E-S-P-E-C-T.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what it means to react. me. I'm choked up.
3: Thank you for singing that. Yes. I'm I was hoping up. she
0: was going to slip to me because I was already planning. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get her There's no way he's going to take her with the eighth pick.
3: He did. I did. He did it. This is the decade that also saw Chain of Fools. Chain, chain, chain. Chain, chain, chain. Chain of Fools. Saw Think. It saw You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. And I Say a Little Prayer. Wow. Those are a lot of hits in this decade. Like, that's pretty incredible. And I was really glad to see that because... This decade thing is kind of interesting because it's really hard when you have those artists that kind of cross over into decades or are just so iconic, you know, badass musicians that, like, stand the test of time. It's just really interesting to see how many artists got their start or really saw their career blow up big time during this decade. So... Based on this draft, I've always been a little bit, like, impartial to, like, man, get out of here, dad. All you nostalgic people, like, the 60s are better. Damn, this draft, though, I'm like, y'all might got a point. <laughs> this is some Some fire music. Eight mm-hmm. picks. I'm like, these are some damn good mus- musicians. Also, wow. shout out to her
1: for playing herself in the Blues Brothers. Yeah. Oh. So good. <laughs> nice. So good. She's just like, yeah. Yeah. That's all I got to say.
3: <laughs> all I got to say. Okay. That's my pick, and that's the end of the second round, baby. That's for that pick because that pick deserved it. That was a
0: great pick. That's right. It's time to hold up a sec. It's halftime, which means it's time to dive in deep. With Dustin. Whoop, whoo. hey, what you I, got for us? I think it's
3: time to jump
1: in a yellow submarine for this, right? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, geez. You know we're talking about the Beatles. Taking it to Beatles lane.
3: And while you know a lot about the Beatles, I'm sure, did you all know that there's a conspiracy theory that Paul McCartney died in the middle of their career and what? was replaced by a fake Paul McCartney?
0: Is he an <laughs> android?
3: No, he's a real person that just looked like him. Fall. Damn, tell us about it. We talked about Fall McCartney. F-A-U-L. Fake Paul. Damn Clever, everybody. Paul McCartney. Yeah, there were lots of little clues dropped in everywhere. There's the Walrus song, I Am the Walrus, which, you know, here's another clue for you all. The Walrus is Paul. There's something about him dying. A day in the life off Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. They thought that that song was about Paul McCartney. He blew his brains out in a car. He didn't notice that the lights had changed. This conspiracy theory got deep, and they thought this guy tried to plant some fake evidence. He said that George Harrison sent him a tape recording of himself telling it all. And when you listen to it, it's the fakest British accent you've ever heard. (laughs) But I'm living for the conspiracy theory. I love it. There's so many little clues dropped in here. And my, my own theory here is that the Beatles had gotten wind of this conspiracy theory and might have played a little bit with it. Because you have some things going on. There were some uh mishearings at the end of Strawberry Fields Forever. At the very end, it's like, do-do-do-do-do. do they kind of going into a little like weird, wacky recording stuff that they're trying out, experimenting. There's a point where uh John Lennon says, strawberry sauce. But everyone <laughs> misheard that and thought he said, I buried Paul. <gasps> Gasp! He buried. (laughs) Strawberry sauce. (laughs) They murdered his ass, or someone did. They buried him and they hit it all up. I don't know how they found someone with the same exact iconic voice and the same ability to play guitar who Who looks looks exactly exactly like him. But they did, and I know it, and there was a group of people out there who were definitely deep in this conspiracy theory. There's a bunch of stuff about Abbey Road looking at all the symbols in that album cover, that famous album album cover that we've all seen. Look at what Paul McCartney's wearing. I Think there's something about he's not wearing shoes, which in some cultures is a <laughs> it's a sign about death. I mean, people <laughs> digged for this, right? So they looked up the correct culture that was like, There's a signal about death. Death funeral ceremonies, there's a lot of different symbolism. So. This is
0: all sounding a lot like what I was saying. You don't tell your students to find evidence yeah. to back up an <laughs> argument. That they have, there's a conspiracy yes, that he's exactly. dead. I need to find the stuff. I need to dig deep. Yeah, He's, more, he's barefoot.
3: Exactly. I'm skeptical. Yep. Mm-hmm. This Most of the time, I hate conspiracy theories, but I don't know why this one, out of all conspiracy theories, I love. I think it's just so absurd. I think is the real reason Um, If you look at the actual album cover, um, Paul McCartney is out of step with the rest of the group. His right leg is moving forward and not the left. (gasps) Another gasp. He's uncoordinated. (laughs) Jinkies. He's uncoordinated. You're looking at John in the very front wearing all white. Another color symbolized (gasps) by death and funerals and stuff going out there. And then you got like George Harrison looking like the undertaker in this all denim look. You know, it might have been a style at the time, but no, it can proves our conspiracy theories. That's what it's all about. But anyways, I'd just like to say the Beatles are so big that there's actually real ass conspiracies out there that people have dedicated a lot of time to. And I know that you can find a conspiracy theory about a lot of stuff, but I just think that's so funny. People have suspended all disbelief. <laughs> yeah, they have. And they've been like, you know, I don't know who the F is this real Paul McCartney who's released all this single stuff after they disbanded from the <laughs> Beatles, but he's fake Paul McCartney. <laughs> Please he's ignore wins. Ones. Yeah, <laughs> Paul McCartney. Yeah. I mean, there's so many routes for the deep dive that I could have gone, but this was one that I always just found really funny and would look up when I needed a good laugh. So look it up. There's a lot more. I think on YouTube, you can find that fake ass documentary with the george harrison wannabe being like oh let me tell you it all i'm from liverpool blah 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 you can look it up and they go away i'm from liverpool <laughs> yeah i don't know it sounds anyone. like that
1: santa claus from our earlier episode right
3: oh, oh <laughs> i'm from liverpool <laughs> everyone from liverpool is like what the fuck is this shit <laughs> this is only americans who probably believe this but yeah. i don't know maybe it's not but there's tons of stuff about all these musicians. So many iconic ones already picked. So if you dig a little deeper, I'm sure there's tons of interesting factoids, theories, things out there. You give fans enough time, especially like nowadays with YouTube and like Photoshop and all that stuff, they'll make up anything. Oh, so yeah. don't believe everything you see out there, people. Yeah, yeah Matt, don't believe it. Yeah, yeah. you're just yeah. Like pointing Point at me. At. Yeah. And if you do, that's right, Matt. Don't <laughs> listen to
2: some of Paul McCartney's newer stuff because. That's definitely the same musician as well.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Just yes. so you know, Paul McCartney's still alive. He is not dead.
3: He's making hits. Matt was paid. He was paid to say that from the <laughs> establishment. Am I really crisis, me? He's a crisis actor.
0: He's a crisis actor. Hey, because... have, a, have an open mind, man. Are you involved oh, in that child goodness. pedophilia that Q keeps talking to us about? Don't oh, let him order vam- a pepperoni. The vampirism? Pizza. Yeah. Oh jeez. You all heard of pizza gate.
3: I saw him order pizzas last time. I know what he was really up to.
1: <laughs> cheese pizza. I
0: email about cheese pizza what About Chucky, huh? What about Chucky? Child.
2: Oh my gosh. I knew you were animatronic. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that <laughs> beep boop beep boop. And let's get cut of the rails. Beep Bob, round boop, boop 3. Let's move into round 3. Uh, let's can I retroactively take round 3 back? Dylan, give us a quick revamp of the teams, or oh, a revamp. Sure. Give us a quick recap.
2: <laughs> Let's do it. Dustin's got the Beatles and Aretha Franklin. I've got Bob Dylan and Rolling Stones. Ben's got the Supremes and Beach Boys. Matt has Jimi Hendrix yeah. and CCR.
1: Man, these are some fire teams so far. They really are. I don't even know who I'm voting for yet. I don't either.
0: Yeah. Round three. Dustin, you're back up. He's back at the plate. This He's is... ready to swing. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> This is the scary part, though, where I'm like thinking I'm about to vote or pick with my heart, and I'm like, everyone's got such strong first two rounds, and I'm like, it could be anyone's game right now.
0: For you at the first pick, yeah, this is arguably the most important pick. Don't say that. No, it is though. I want the I want the listeners to understand the first pick is the hardest, especially when there is a clear McDonald's dilemma. Mm-hmm. And in this, there was. The Beatles is the McDonald's dilemma for 60s music or 60s musicians and bands. So when you take that, your wraparound is the most important. That number three is the most significant because number four is the last. Mm-hmm. Like you have the end of the line. Mm-hmm. Mr. You, Irrelevant. You get to start with what everyone knows, but you... So third is most important for you, bro.
3: yeah. I know, and I'm just looking at my list. I got picked apart, and part of me is just like, if I'm thinking about my top four, ooh, man, this is hard because there's some ones that I will feel I can't sleep at night if I didn't pick some.
0: But is the game your top four or the top four?
3: Yeah, but I don't know. Head versus heart. (laughs) Head versus heart. (laughs) But this is like one of those moments where it's like my brain is saying this, and I am my brain, I think, so therefore I am uh, <laughs> my mind telling me no, philosophy. but my body, <laughs> yeah, my
1: body telling me yes. yes.
3: Okay, so I'm going to go with a group where, you know what, F it, I love this group. F I'm going to go, <laughs> so That's I'm going to go, F it, F it, yeah. I'm going to go with Simon and Garfunkel. All right. Who oh, had okay. A huge career. And I actually have like two third and fourth round picks where once again, I think these are real good late round picks. If we had more rounds, Hey, maybe they'd fall to six and seven, but these are good late round picks. Got to get them. Simon Garfunkel. I love a lot of the folk music. And I think, uh, you know, Dylan might back me up on this. We talked about Bob Dylan already. We're talking about like blues being the influence of a lot of music here. And while our minds might go to rock and roll right away, as American music and what's really influencing the rest of like music's development and other artists and other influence folk music's definitely got to play a hand mm-hmm. in that. And Simon and Gar- Garfunkel had such classics, like probably one of their biggest ones, the sound of silence, 1965. <laughs> Hello darkness, my, my old friend. friend. Oh, <laughs> so iconic. Yes. And Mrs. Robinson came out yes. in 1968, which is such a feel good song. Like, If I'm thinking about what gets me going, like when I'm driving, this is like my, like, not guilty pleasure, but this is like one of those little things where it's only when you become friends with someone that you learn those little, like, weird quirks that they have. I will hella speed to Simon and Garfunkel. When Simon and Garfunkel comes on to the right music, I will be going way over the speed limit, feeling jazz, feeling good. Here's you, Mrs. Robinson. I'm cutting people off. I'm like, yeah. And then Baby Driver comes on. I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. The Boxer in 1969. Uh, so many good classics. And Garfunkel's voice, really, really good. If we're talking about like musicians, there's like a couple parts, right? There's like the songwriting, and there's also like their musical capabilities, which I think Simon and Garfunkel have both. Definitely in their singing voices and the way that the two accompany one another, they were able to do a lot of things that I think other artists just really couldn't. Like a lot of the people on our list, great musicians, But Garfunkel's voice was the only one that could have really hit those notes and been the perfect balance to Paul Simon. And, yes, he had some other solo stuff, but we're sticking to the 60s. I'm trying real hard to stick to the 60s. They have a great career. Yeah, they have a good catalog
0: in the 60s. They have good stuff after. We're not talking about that. (laughs) But the 60s are good. That was a good pick. I didn't, yeah. love Simon Garfunkel. I said that was an important pick, and you delivered. Yes. And you delivered. Can I a love person that get two horns? Impressive.
3: It's what possible. Up. Shut up, everybody. I like to thank my dad out there, who really <laughs> influenced my musical taste. My mom, who drove me to all my hockey practices and played lots of Siren and Garfunkel. And I like to thank Ben, the master of the horn, who just gave me the second air horn. You
0: don't need to thank me. You did that yourself. You earned that.
3: Dylan, yes. it's on to you. Man, I am
2: having a hard time with this third pick. Especially, I'm sweating a little bit after Ben's like, man, that third pick, it's really important. It's really important. <laughs> like, well, it's it's, it's most
0: important for Dustin. Like, as you go up the line, it's important. The third pick for Matt? man, yeah. 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 He's just got to keep consistent yeah. Yeah. in three and four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's important for you, but it's not Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: okay. I'm going to stick... You know, I w- I was there last time. I'm going to stick with the bad boy image. Okay. There's another bad Ooh. boy of of rock and roll except he's not a rock and roller, all right? He's he's a, he's a man who has been said to walk the line. The man in black himself, Johnny Cash. <laughs> all right, you're going to need nice. to tell
0: us some 60s cash cuts.
2: Okay. So, Let's start out with a little bit about him. All right. He was born to poor cotton farmers in Kingsland, Arkansas. He rose to fame in the burgeoning rockabilly scene in Memphis, Tennessee after four years in the air force. Um, his, his fame while he was playing in the fifties, uh, his biggest albums were actually in the late sixties. And let me, let me tell you a little about him. It was when he was playing, uh, in the sixties, he played a series of free live concerts at prisons. Okay. And so this is kind of also where that outlaw image comes from, because he would play at these prisons. So people were like, "Oh, Johnny Cash, he's an outlaw." When he, he I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't really, but I mean, he he lived that rock and roll lifestyle for sure, but not truly an outlaw. But that's where he got his uh, kind of, I guess, image from. Um, so these performances led to a pair of highly highly successful live albums, Johnny Cash at Folsom Prison, nineteen sixty eight. And Johnny Cash at San Quentin in 1969. Both live albums reached number one on Billboard Country Album Music, and the latter crossover to reach the top of the Billboard Pop chart. Um, in 1969, Cash became an international hit when he eclipsed even the Beatles by selling 6.5 million albums. Right. So was he big in the you know was he playing in the 50s? Yeah. Was he playing in the early 60s? Yeah, he was. But like his success came in the late. 1960s. And it came big time. So let's name a couple of his songs. All right. So from Folsom Prison, we've got Folsom Prison Blues. Okay. We've got Cocaine Blues. And from uh, San Quentin, possibly one of his most famous songs, I Walk the Line. um, And A Boy Named Sue. Uh, Also, there will be Peace in the Valley. Huge. um, And yeah. So Johnny Cash. Bad Boy, Rock and The Man in Black. The Man in Black who's a rock and roller without being a rock and roller.
3: What year year did the Walk the the Line stumble
2: As a song.
3: As a song.
2: It was written and recorded in 56, but it wasn't popularized till he really played this live album, and that cast him as a musician into the limelight. What year did the album come out? 1969.
3: Nice. That's that's kind of like actually speaking like Matt mentioned earlier, like Macklemore, because I remember when he hit the scene and that one song. God, I can't remember the song name, but it was out much earlier on EPs, but hadn't really been released nationally. Yeah, it didn't get played on the radio. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like funny because the rest of the nation was like, this is a brand new song. while Seattleites were like, oh, that's been around for a little while. But yeah, I could see what you mean. There's a lot of those weird like musicians have their songs in either like EPs or mixtapes nowadays. Yep. And then they'll release them on their first LP, their first album, and that, oh, that yeah. catapults them.
2: Like, yeah. I've got, like, I don't know, I don't know, tons and tons of songs I've written for the past 10 years. But, like, if I released some of those from 10 years ago today, that would definitely be a song, in my opinion, from the 2020s, not from the 2010s, just because I wasn't performing it then, you know?
1: Also, this isn't time bound, but if you want, like, a good cry with a song, listen to Hurt. The cover of "Hurt" by Johnny Cash that that's gonna give the waterworks right there. Do
0: not listen to that song and make a
1: judgment (laughs) about this decade. Nineteen sixties, super far removed.
2: It is mutually. This is
1: unrelated to the sixties. Keep us to the rules. But but based off the artist, that will give you that's the waterworks. It's such a good cover song because he's an old man when he does it. Yeah. Yeah, So that
0: song is based mm. off decades of life experience. So again. Dude, if you get on the social medias and post who you thought won, do not keep that song in your mm-hmm. mind because no, how no, he no, no, no. feels 40, 50 years after the fact is irrelevant. Stick to the decades. Also, Stick to F- the bad F- boy in Inch nails. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But Johnny Cash, still
1: huge in the Solid, 60s. solid third-round pick.
0: Solid, solid third-round pick, which means it's coming to me what you got? for the third pick, third pick in the third-round 3-3 Significance. Well, I'm not going to three. I'm taking one plus for the four seasons, baby. Ooh. Frankie Valley. Valli. They weren't known as Frankie Valley in the four seasons until 1970, but Frankie Valley was the lead through the 60s. And these guys defined the 60s because all of their hits came between 60 and 70. That's, that's what they're trademarked in. They are kingpins. You've heard all their songs, Sherry. Big girls don't cry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on, now. <laughs> <laughs> December 1963. That's 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 I'm Walk favorite. like a on man. Board. Let's hang on. Can't oh, take my eyes night. off you. Yep. Oh, what a night. Iconic. Late December,
1: back in 63. And
0: that's the song, December 63. Yep. Greece, the four seasons literally define the decade. Them, the Beach Boys, I guess I'm just taking, you know, the American...
3: America. The
0: the American. (laughs) Big hit. British
3: invasion. Fuck you.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Fuck you, the British. We're keeping it American. These colors don't run. Uh. They don't run in the
3: music industry either. (laughs) Also, this Uh, uh, is just an excuse. I'm really trying to pump up Cosmic Wizard King so I can hear more of that singing with the (laughs) slightly like (laughs) old old
0: Hollywood. It's It's just like the horn when you ask for it. You do not receive. <laughs> no! <laughs> Gotta catch him on a good
1: note. <laughs> yeah. The Four Seasons
0: are called Four Seasons because there are four members. They are Frankie Valley, Nick Mossy, Bob Guido, and Nick Mossy. Nick Mossy was actually released after he owed a substantial amount of debt and then was replaced by Joe Long. And Ricky Valley actually took that debt on and s- literally saved his life. You can learn about that in Jersey Boys, which is a popular Musical and Clint Eastwood produced movie. Wait, so what? But we're the, sticking the, to the '60s. The stories in the '60s, but it came dude. out after. I don't know. I'm falling. Like, <laughs> where's the line here? Where's the line? Watch the movie, but don't make a decision on my team based on the movie.
1: The one guy's name's his last name's actually Guido.
0: Yeah, uh, G A U D Guadio Guadio G A U D I O. Guadio. Gwai- yeah. Guido? I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah. have a pronunciation thing, but sorry if I... I'm not trying to offend anyone. My bad.
1: Guadio? <laughs> that's why I was clarifying. I was like, is it, is it actually
0: what it is? His name is Bob Gade? Guido? Guido. Oh, let's not spend too much time on this. Yeah. Sorry, y'all. Anyways, third pick, third round, the four
3: seasons. Snaps Solid. for
0: Snaps for Ben. Yeah,
3: I got
2: snaps. snaps. You know what that means?
3: <laughs> I give myself
0: the damn horn. <laughs>
3: Ben's horn, Dylan snaps, Matty Ice's uh, singing. What do you got, Matty Ice?
1: All right. Well, I'm going to go with he my third round pick. I'm going to go with uh, a little Marvin Gaye. Oh! Marvin Gaye in the 60s? Yep. There's some songs. You better suggest. Mm, you yep, better tell me. 60s. I will I'll, I'll toss out some titles to, to really. What's going on sell does not here. count,
3: though. That's
0: later. I know. Uh huh. <laughs> all
1: right. I know that I know be careful hey, here. I know let's get on. It's not in the 60s, but I'm talking about the bangers of bangers from Marvin Gaye are in the 60s. you are talking about you're all I need to get by. You're all I need. To get by. Yeah, that song is covered later on by Method Man. Yep. Yeah, that's in the 60s. That's later, though. That's <laughs> later, Method though. Man later. Don't yep. think about Method Man. All right. I'm talking about. <laughs> la, la, la,
0: la, la, my hands are over my ears. Method
1: Man, no. All right, I'm talking about I Heard It Through the Grapevine, 1968. Yeah. Yep. I heard Classic. It Through the Grapevine. Classic. Not also, much, um, good, you have you heard mine? this little number, Ain't No Mountain High Enough, 1967? Ain't No Mountain high, high Enough. enough. Okay. All right. That's pretty good. So that's all I got from Marvin Gaye. Again, I know his career spans 60s, 70s, and a little bit into the 80s, so he dies in the 80s, but talking about the hits of the hits.
2: Hold up, did you include 1960s? the sixties? The duet? Yeah, you did. Yes. Ain't no, yeah. Ain't yeah, no mountain
1: it, high enough with Tammy Terrell. Yep. yep. I oh yeah, I got it. I oh I got sure. it. <laughs> all right. That's the top of the top. All right. <laughs> you know? Everybody goes to let's get it on, but ain't no mountain high enough. I mean, have anybody seen uh Remember the Titans? I would rather yes. Let's okay. Get It On. I would rather What's Going On. Yeah. That one's What's the, going
3: on. That one's that one's What's so good. Anti Vietnam and I don't know. Heard it through on? a grapevine. vine, ain't no mountain no, no, high no. enough. What's going on? You're
1: all I need to get by.
2: Marvin Gaye also wrote a lot of songs too, and he defined the Motown song in a lot exactly. of ways. Sound in a lot of exactly. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. Shots fired. Hold up. Nope. Facts dictate otherwise the Supremes were the biggest entity out of Motown. Period. Facts. Them facts, Look them, you have the computer and you're looking around all confused. Look that shit up. I challenge you to find actual stuff that backs that up. Marvin Gaye, big artist. We're talking Man, about is the on 60s. An influential, influential. We're talking about the 60s. <laughs> The Supremes were supreme in the 60s. Get out of here with that shit. Okay. Ben's got a
3: little swivel right. arm with his mic. He is looking into the eyes of his opponents, <laughs> staring them down.
2: Ben's out for... for I wor- Dylan I is won. frozen. Look at- Matt is Dustin, focused. Dustin, I am
3: watching it all.
0: Dustin, what is on my socks? Sea creatures. They're sharks. They're marks. Marks. That's right. They're sharks. I came to eat. <laughs> <laughs> you swimming around like a seal? <laughs> Don't get gobbled up. I'll
2: have you know, I am a... What's the seal with the big teeth? You know, the giant one? Sea lions. No, no, walrus. No, the big... Uh, he doesn't even know. You're nothing. You're a seal. Yeah.
0: You're a seal who thinks he's something bigger. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: oh, I love you, you man. think You think you're the big fish until a great white comes up, and then you're like, oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: you're killing me. There's tangents going on in my head. I'm like, did anyone else get frozen by planet Earth when that great white pops out of the water by like 10 Oh, my God. I will never swim again. Yes. Well, I don't Uh, swim in the ocean as
0: it is. Go to the tip of South
2: Africa. Check it out.
0: Let's hear it, Matt. What you got? End of the third round. (laughs) That's all I got. That was Marvin Gaye, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. That's right.
3: Hey, those are some good songs. Ain't no mountain Higher low. That's what I'm saying. That's a pretty good song. That's a great pick.
1: Marvin Gaye is incredibly influential. Again, there's we could do an entire draft on Motown really honestly but yes when you're talking about longevity you think about 60s. Longevity goes no, the 60s. No, we are not Don't talking about, about
0: longevity. We are talking <laughs> about the, the 60s. 60s. This is 60s. We're not <laughs> talking about longevity. Do not let Matt talk to you about longevity. Mickey, we're Candyman. talking about the decade. Anyway, uh-huh. anyways, Gay, done. Anyway, see, you know what? I wanted to give you the horn, but that's a fourth round pick because he's so limited to the 60s, and we're not talking about longevity. <laughs> so with that, we're done. It's... Ugh. I'm storming in. I need to chill. (laughs) I need to chill. Get into the lounge. Take a breather. All right. I think I'm good. Dylan. Oh, don't do that creepy ass voice. Keep Keep it chill. Um, he's like I don't know chill outside chill of that boy's voice. Sexy. I don't, that is my chill voice. <laughs> All
2: right, go uh, for it. I just want to say the uh you know, series of connections between Marvin Gaye and Sharks, not that not that many, like divides right there. That's they're pretty close when you break it down. Yep. So uh anyway, I've got a deep dive. Who do you think the two largest figures in early rock and roll are? Like
0: early rock and roll. Who I'm really? going to say Hold up. Are we are we guessing? Is you're, this you're guessing guessing? Everyone gets a guess. Okay, well, we don't have whiteboards, so this is poor style. Anyway. Anyways. Well, can I go first? Yeah. Well, I shouldn't go first because I know the two. She she resates a question.
2: The two largest figures of early rock and roll. Largest
1: figures of early rock and, and roll. And this is debatable, by the way.
0: I will sing songs by the artist, Johnny Be Good and Burn in Love. Those are my two artists. Mm. Mm. If you know them, you know them. Mm. I'll tell you third.
1: Okay. So that means I can't pick them, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, you're guessing. You're if guessing. you want to pick those, you can. We can die. I mean, yeah, I would still take Chuck Berry, obviously. Mm-hmm. That was what I was going to say. That's Johnny, be good. Yeah. Uh, and I'm actually going to go with. Um, hmm, I'm going to go with uh, Little Richard.
2: Ooh, good one. Little good Richard, one. Yeah. Okay,
1: Dustin. Ditto. Oh, nice. Nice.
2: (laughs) I mean, honestly, yeah. Like, that is, uh, that's the direction to go. There's, however, there's two people who are links between, like, the big British bands, especially, like, the Rolling Stones and the Beatles, who uh, you'll hear people say again and again from those bands that these are the two people who influence them the most and it's Elvis and Chuck Berry. Oh.
0: Yep. Oh, oh who knew? Oh. <laughs> That's right. You're <laughs> So did.
2: let's talk about, let's get into a little rock and roll history, okay? And then I've got a little tangent. All right, so the foundations of rock music are uh, in, in early rock and roll, which originated in the United States during the late 1940s and early 1950s and quickly spread to the rest of the world, really. Its immediate origins lay in a melding of various black musical genres of the time, including rhythm and blues and gospel music, along with country and Western. In 1951, Cleveland, Ohio, disc jockey Alan Freed uh, began playing rhythm and blues music, then termed, which is, you know, the inappropriate race music, for a multiracial audience, and is credited with first using the phrase rock and roll to describe the music. So, while it's up for debate about who was the first rock and roll artist and who are the biggest ones, there are two key figures, like I said, that we need to address. It's Chuck Berry and Elvis Um, just because of how they were just influential on sixties artists, which are the people we're talking about today. Right. So Chuck Berry from St. Louis kind of had gone through the ringers of life before he actually got famous and became a rock and roll artist in the late fifties. And then like he, he did have hits in the sixties, but Ben and I were talking earlier and he was largely a nostalgia artist, but he was still big. I mean, my dad, when I was talking to him could not emphasize enough how big, actually Chuck Berry was. And there's some pretty cool live concerts you can watch from the sixties with Chuck Berry. Um, Interesting dude, interesting live performer has a weird view of music, views it very practically. Like he just, he found out he could make money doing it and that he was good at songwriting and he just like went for it. And that's the way he feels about it. He he feels like it's just pretty much a business venture for him um, that he's good at, which is super interesting um, because the dude was so influential in making riffs And soloing, like, and writing his own songs. He was a wordsmith, and he would go on to influence people later on in the '70s, like Bruce Springsteen, with his lyrics about cars, just like straight up poetic lyricism about vehicles. Like, that's pretty cool. Room, room. Yeah, Yeah. don't
0: (laughs) don't let uh, Back to the Future tell you otherwise, because that movie's problematic because it makes it look like he wasn't responsible for Johnny B. Good. It was. Marty McFly, who gave him the inspiration at that high school dance through the phone. (laughs) Yeah, no, this guy was a genius.
2: Woo, yes, he was an absolute genius. If not sometimes, (laughs) Marty. (laughs) If not sometimes (laughs) problematic, Um, but you know what? We're not going to get into that. Uh, Elvis, the other guy, born into poverty in Mississippi and growing up in Tennessee. Elvis grew up in and around black neighborhoods. He went to black church. He hung out when he was old enough at black juke joints, just soaking up the music that he heard. And after high school, he went on to become an electrician and would drive drive by this little studio in Memphis every day called Sun Studios, uh, the owner of which was Sam Phillips. And one day he walked in. He's like, "Hey, can you like record me?" And uh, the guy was like, "Yeah, let me put some people together." He got some folks and they jammed, and they did a couple of sessions. And finally, uh, you know, Elvis picks up his guitar and he starts jamming out this song by Arthur Crudup. Uh, an old Delta blues musician who's also called the grandfather of rock and roll. Um, it's called that's all right, mama. And man, this is a banger. We need to listen to it later. Cause it is so wild. So what Elvis did, he didn't write his own songs, but it wasn't uncommon for people to just perform songs then and cover songs. And he really just covered the songs. He liked what he did was he added, he combined rhythm and blues and gospel together in this new genre uh, with a little bit of rockabilly from his guitarist, um, and put it on the airwaves. And also, I mean, yes, he made, uh, white audiences were more likely to listen to him because he was a white man. Yeah. So that's where I'm going to come in now. So we got a little history. Now it's time to get serious. And I think we can handle it. Okay. Let's talk about the main crux of rock and roll. If you really break the genre down, um, and break down most rock songs from the 50s and 60s, they're really just fast blues numbers. So from the mid-1960s onward, you start to see more of a blend, but really the blues is the central ingredient to rock music, and we owe that to black Mississippi Delta blues musicians who innovated this art form. People like Robert Johnson, Muddy Waters, Sunhouse, Charlie Patton, Arthur Crudup, who I already mentioned, Lead Belly, Buka White, R.L. Burnside, and the list goes on. R.L. Burnside, by the way, one of my favorites. Um, these people broke ground and some of them could be considered the true fathers of rock and roll. And just like jazz, another African American art form and now rap blues was adopted or appropriated depending on how you view it. Uh, and then changed by white people. This has Hmm. to be said. A lot of black musicians never saw a dime from their music because they signed contracts that sold their publishing rights to predatory record labels. Well, this may have been a common practice at the time. um, And one of the few people who didn't suffer for it was Chuck Berry. um, uh, But he did make less than white musicians. So that is there. This is both of those things are kind of an example of institutional racism. Okay. Uh, it's about these record labels preying upon the most marginalized among us, right? While white people may have suffered for it too, if you're black, you're going to have it worse uh, mm-hmm. just because of the system we're in. So those labels and the appropriation of black music, even if done innocently enough by a guy like Elvis, who really just played the music he enjoyed and grew up with, there's are symptoms of white supremacy and institutional racism. Yeah. This has to be addressed and that music has to be properly attributed to the groundbreaking songwriters who are geniuses. I mean, if you write a song, that is something special. Like I cannot emphasize that to you enough. Um, Without them, we wouldn't be enjoying rock music today and
3: rant. That's it. Yeah, definitely. Good points, Dylan. I love it. Yeah, definitely important to talk about. And that part about the recording artists that you mentioned that made me think about this one interesting thing that I saw about how many like artists, really talented black artists got pretty much effed over by recording studios and producers and all that kind of stuff, is that uh, Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, and Sam Cooke all knew each other and were friends and were trying to revolutionize like the music industry. Wow. Sam Cooke was an entrepreneur who was really trying to shift some of the power over to the artist and change the way that music was recorded and money flowed in that industry. And if his life didn't end too short, I really wonder what would have happened. Wow. But- yeah, yeah, great. I, I loved chilling with Dylan. Good job, Dylan. <laughs> Thank y'all. Yeah, Regina King did a movie about that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah it's on One East Night CEO in Miami. Mm, I just saw a documentary. There's, There's it's four like of a, them.
0: There's it's those three and then a fourth person. Well, it's
1: it's Muhammad Ali. It's uh, Sam Cook, Malcolm, X, Malcolm X. Malcolm X. Sam Cook and Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Mm, okay. Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Which Sam Cook's A Change
3: Is Going To Come was actually influenced by Dylan's earlier pick with Blowing in the Wind by Bob Dylan. We said, wait a minute, a white artist is saying this shit? Damn, I need to get a little bit more political and fiery with my wow. lyrics. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Just another you're, you're instance
4: welcome. about how Bob Dylan was influential. <laughs>
0: you're welcome. Dude, stick to the 60s. That wasn't the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hype him up. Don't make me take a horn away. There's no button for that. I can't do
3: it. Let's go to the fourth round. Round
1: four. Uh, <laughs> gosh. Matt was like, I'm trying to wait. Right, I know. There, there are so many different options to choose in the fourth round. This is a tough one, but I'm going to go with... I guess it, it's a really good fourth round pick, honestly, if if you ask me. I mean, I'm picking it, of course, but... <laughs> if you ask me, if this you ask is me. a great pick. <laughs> but, I mean... Yeah, I'm, talk, I'm yeah, talking about... See? Talking about the Godfather of Soul, I'm talking about James Brown. Yes, in the fourth round. Good pick, my man. All right. Obviously, his career spans multiple decades. All right. He, I mean, you got some heat coming out later on in his life, especially you talk about like the 1980s, like living in America, and whatnot. But I'm talking about just in the 1960s, James Brown, still considered the Godfather of Soul. You talk about "I Got a Feeling." All right. Talk about cold sweat. Papa's got a brand new bag, 1965. All right. It's a man's world. I mean, that song is timeless, 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 timeless nineteen sixty-six. Uh, and say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud, nineteen sixty-eight. There are nice. so many bangers by James Brown, and you all know his distinctive style. You're talking about musicians that stick in your brain. James Brown is one of them. He is the one of the ultimate showmen. We talked about Mick Jagger. James Brown, homeboy wore a cape. Yeah. You're talking about how many musicians could get away with that Dude. wearing a cape on stage. Mm-hmm. And he was a
2: perfectionist too.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. All right. James Brown was an innovator, right? He did what he wanted to do and he said it there and then. And he was, again, the godfather of soul. And most the majority, the bulk of his work happens in the nineteen sixties, as the, the titles of the songs I just listed off there. So I think that's pretty damn good value pick. And this is the fourth round, James Brown. The godfather of Soul. <laughs> that's well, a if great I do thing. say so myself, I do say so myself.
3: I am the best. There you go. <laughs> <Good pick. laughs> nice wow. self promotion. That, that was actually a, that was a good pick. Buddy. Yeah, that was
2: good. I was actually looking at him. I was eyeing him for my next pick. So Marvin Gaye got stolen. I was eyeing him. So good, good, good one. <laughs> Appreciate it.
0: Everyone's gone different directions in this draft, and I've stuck in a clear lane. And I think I'm going to stick to it. You know, I got the Supremes. America, I got the Beach Boys. I got Four Seasons. Let's get another girl group in there and what better group to get than one that had y'all 22 or sorry 28 hit singles between 61 and 66 5 years killers i've been, i've talked about i've talked about these ladies in an earlier podcast you might know them Flash from slay ride Flash but they back. had other hits be my, be my baby. baby, be my little baby, be my, be my, my be baby, my, baby my darling, yeah. <laughs> Walking in the rain, I wonder. I'm talking about the Ronettes. There you go, Your Ronettes.
3: <laughs> you know, if you didn't already guess by our perfect singing, I know, right?
0: We're basically, almost, <laughs> we're almost as good as them.
3: We pause for applause, but we forgot we That's, can't hear you virtually through your podcast app, but we know you're clapping at our beautiful voices. Heat. Yeah. For those of you who haven't
0: <laughs> processed, you've seen that meme with the white lady who's looking up into space and all the math and stuff yes, is all around her I head. Love that. If you're sitting back listening to the podcast and you're like, wait a minute, so does that mean he's got the Supremes and the Ronettes, number one and number two, in terms of 60s dynamic female groups? What? Who helped break the industry for people of color? What? Yeah, that's right. They're on the same team. These guys were all so focused on rock that they missed the sound of the 60s. These were a part of the sound of the 60s, baby, the Ronettes. You
3: pleaded your case early? No, I'm just telling you. (laughs) I I was shocked. I don't know. I was
0: actually, I was thinking like, okay, Ronettes have to go to Matt because he doesn't have any ladies on his team. And he needs that sound to get into the, like the poppy rump. And then he didn't do it. And I was like, He didn't oh, no. do it. And then I thought and then I thought,
3: oh my God. Oh my God. According to him, it seems pretty good. I and mean, according to, him, <laughs> to me. Yeah, I,
1: I do declare. According to I do declare. But we all have
0: declarations. <laughs> solid pick. Solid yes. pick. The Ron S. Yeah, that was a good pick. Yep. Okay. Self pat on the back nice. there.
2: Good Woo-woo. one. That was good. Uh I gave you snaps, although I, I don't think you could uh hear it but that's okay so you got the ronettes right yeah yeah. okay i'm just i'm just making sure so you know what you're right ben you're right there's not enough like there's a lot of dudes hanging out in these pics
0: representation so y'all, let go.
2: <laughs> i'm going with a lady oh here we go all right um you might recognize her uh at, by the name of janice joplin Nice. Mm, okay. That was going to be
1: my honorable mention.
2: She is. Nice. I think she deserves more than an honorable mention, and yep, here's yep. why. So in 1967, Joplin rose to fame following an appearance at Monterey Pop Festival, which, uh, if you don't know, it was huge at the time where she was the lead singer of the then little known San Francisco psychedelic band because San Francisco was the psychedelic scene and that it was, yeah, the, baby. That was like yeah.
1: the ground central it for was. psychedelic rock. Yep, like Ooh-hoo. the
2: Grateful Dead for example, but again, like some of those groups were really underground at the time, which is why I haven't named the Grateful Dead. Um, but so she was part of the band Big Brother and the Holding Company. After releasing two albums with the band, she left and continued on as a solo artist with her own backing groups. She appeared at the Woodstock Festival and the Festival Express Train Tour. Five singles by Joplin reached the Billboard Hot 100, including a cover of the Chris Christofferson song Me and Bobby McGee, which reached number one in March... Uh, well, that's ni- March 1970. So I'm reading yeah, off that, Wikipedia that, but, here. Yeah, I was about saying, I, that was uh, uh, uh,
1: 1971. Please, hold on, let's cut and that on. No, let's, and
0: hold on, stop. We need to be... I And I want to point this out about my picks. I've been very careful not to even mention... The Billboard Hot 100, because I've mentioned it in another, ep- like, previous installment of the podcast. But in the 60s and 70s, you cannot go off of the Billboard Hot 100 in terms of like recognizing a song's quality, because that was used as an avenue to help record companies and record stores move records that weren't moving. Instead, you need to go by plays on the radio. Like geographically throughout the states and globally, and total record sales, because a lot of the stuff that the Billboard Hot 100 placed, which is why you have a lot of one-hit wonders all through, especially in those two decades, is because they're trying to promote albums that aren't selling. Of course, the Supremes and like those big groups, in you know, Jimi Hendrix in the late '60s, yeah. and mm-hmm. you know the they were gonna make the chart, but at other times, like it's don't let the Billboard. Hot 100 early on, like sway a lot of your stuff.
3: Yeah, Dylan, just take it a different route. I'll back yours, yours up. As in, Janis Joplin does deserve on to be the, be on the list. Very distinct style, that very voice, popular that voice. voice. Yes, yes, that voice definitely. Yeah, just don't mention yeah. the Billboard. No,
2: thank you for the history lesson. I actually didn't realize that about the Billboard Hot 100s. So I'll thank give you, you a book about it. Thank you. I'll read that. Uh, but yeah, no, her voice is very distinct. Um, her name recognition huge, uh, powerful voice. Um, one thing my mom always said, and this bothered me, my mom was always like, man, she's ugly, but she has a great voice. I hate when people say shit like yes. this. I just want to say, if you were at home saying that, shut the fuck up. Like, do Preach. not say that. Yeah, She had a great voice, period. <laughs> now,
1: correct me if I'm wrong, was she in Jefferson Airplane? Uh, I don't
2: think she was. I think...
1: For some reason, in my back of my head, I always think, like, oh yeah, Janis Hoplin... Jefferson Airplane.
2: I always think that too. It's yeah. like stuck I don't know in my... why
1: that those two things like combine, but they just do. No,
2: no, I'm looking. She was not in Jefferson Airplane. Okay, but yeah, oh. Je- uh, she had a powerful voice. Great songwriter. There she is, Janis Joplin.
3: Excellent, yeah.
1: excellent, excellent. Good pick.
3: And yeah. you know what? My dad got us wrong. I understand why he said this, but he underestimated us. He was talking to me today, and I was like. Yeah. Who should I pick? And he's like, oh, no one's going to pick uh, a lot of like female led artists or bands at that time. Everyone's going to be like, oh, dang, we forgot or we didn't think about that because it was such, you know, at that time, like there wasn't as many female artists who are really breaking through at that point. He got it wrong. Good job, gentlemen. We did pick a good amount of female led musicians, bands. But well, let's We've Dylan. He's talking to both of us. I thought he was wow. just talking
0: to you about jo- Janice Joplin. No, he nope. looked at me too. Oh my god! <laughs> That's
3: right.
2: But let's and not I gotta you read the, the Franklin.
0: Yeah. <laughs> also, also. Uh, Shut up, Dong City. <laughs> well, hey, we're I, having a moment here. I was gonna we're
1: say. A I was gonna say <laughs> that we've done a good job of not just picking sh- like a bunch of white guys too. Yes. Yeah. So there you go. Well. Wait. I was about to yell <laughs> you chauvinist. But you're good.
3: Yeah, uh, you're good. Yo, <laughs> you're also, good. just side
2: note, Janis Joplin died at the age of 27. Yep, same as uh, Jimmy. So, same yep. as Jimmy. She, like, it's at 27 club, man. Same when as I, didn't Amy Winehouse, too. Oh, didn't, she did yeah, also, too. Uh, Jim Morrison, right? Raising Jim Morrison, Jim Morrison. Kirk Cobain. There's something, like, about that age and, like, the rock and roll lifestyle that is not... Well,
1: there's, like, a weird phenomenon. Not only 27, but also, like, the year 1980. A lot of, like, famous oh. musicians die in 1980. When you're Ooh, talking about... Wow. um the drummer from Led Zeppelin, oh, John Bonham, John, and bon- John yeah. Bonham dies, John Lennon dies. Yeah. Uh, there's like yeah. several people who die in like 1980 Crazy. as well. Crazy. Symmetry, like Can you imagine age and years the and vacuum
2: that, that Led Zeppelin and, and like John Lennon must have left in
3: pop music? This is a yeah. tangent, but
2: I never thought about it like that before.
3: Okay, before my pick, I want to knock on wood. Not because of the 1980 thing, but I'm turning 27 soon. Matt, Whoa. you better knock on wood too. Hey, I, got, t- I, t- I already turned 27, your but you're still yeah. in your 27th but year. You're
0: not rock stars. You're yeah. Thank you, Ben. I'm you're just an average. You'll be fine. I'm your average friendly now, neighborhood So, My mediocrity if we, has saved me. Well, no, because if we blow <laughs> up in the next year, then we need to have Uh-oh. you on
1: lockdown. I know. That's true. I'm only. Right now you're I'm good. only two days into it. I'm only two days into it. I know. Happy birthday. I appreciate it. Happy late birthday. Damn, what? we're shitty friends. What's that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is there a Paul McCartney song that's a happy
2: birthday? No, that's a, that's a Christmas song. Uh, there's happy a Beatles song. It's like birthday. Happy birthday. Have a wonderful birthday time. No, 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 that's, no that's Christmas. Christmas. That's, that's, yeah, I know. It's that's like, ladies and gentlemen, he's happy. making his own. No,
0: he knows. He was making oh, his own version. I do this all the time. I like it. I like Joke like. went over my head. <laughs> yeah, oh. It's all good. It's like the saltine <laughs> crackers.
3: I know y'all were so confused and I was like, come on, work with me here. Work with me. Yeah, Crackers are made of things. That was a slow burn. That was a very slow burn. That was good. Okay, so I'm going to go. This is perfect for my fourth round pick because I feel like I can take it here. I, deserve, I think they deserve to be in the conversation. I wouldn't have picked them earlier because sometimes they can fly under the radar. A little bit more obscure for this era, but super influential. So out of the British invasion, there are usually four bands that are included in that. We already got the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. There's the Who included in that as well, mm-hmm. which they're a little bit more mainstream. They even played at a and... Super Bowl. Oh, wow. And the Kinks. The oh, Kinks yeah. are in this category, and they're a really interesting band for numerous reasons. One, they are way more British than the other British bands, in a way, because they had some fighting amongst the group, and there was a period of time that they actually got banned temporarily from touring in the U.S., and... In my humble opinion, that's kind of what kept their songs distinctly British. And usually that's something that kind of bugs me because there's so many Anglophiles around who are just like in love with everything British. But I do think they have a really unique lyrical style. They they have slang words that took me a while to figure out. But they're also known for extremely witty observational lyrics. Um, In 69, uh, they have an album that comes out called Arthur, which in my opinion is about from the Victorian era up to post-World War II. They have a lot of thematic albums, which is really, really cool. So they have songs like Mr. Churchill Says on that album all about um, the Nazis bombing Britain, right, Battle of Britain, early World War II. Um, they have stuff about post-war poverty. They have a lot of hard-hitting lyrics. They have stuff about the intense nationalism of World War I, they're a huge, really famous band. They also have those famous songs that you might recognize a little bit more. Like, let me take a deep breath. You really got me. You really got me now. You got me so I don't know what I'm doing. And then they have All Day and All the Night. They have a little bit more of that gritty style in the beginning. And then they have the really, really cool. Lyrical style. They have a whole album based on education. What, what, teachers? Wow. Am I talking to what, you? What? Yes. Schoolboys in disgrace. And it's hilarious. It's fantastic. So that's my last pick. And that one also goes out to you, Dad. Because once again, you played so much kinks when I was growing up. And that will get you so much cred with the uncles of my fam. Because you mentioned the Who. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned the Stones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Beatles. You mentioned the Kinks. My uncle Mike will <laughs> hug you so hard; he'll be like, "Wow, <laughs> the Kinks are great." You knew that, yes. Thank you, Dylan. They are a
2: great band. One of my first songs I learned in college uh, was a Kinks song. I, I yes. love the Kinks. They're they're so experimental too. Yes. Um, even more so than the Beatles in some ways, mm-hmm. I would say. Like the Beatles were cool because they innovated, like. Like they are responsible for perhaps the most punk or the first punk rock song or the first metal song, Helter Skelter. But the Kinks, they went a lot of weird directions that were awesome.
1: Well, it's it's, you can see a a clear like lineage. You go like the Kinks, the Sex Pistols, like Oasis. Like you see that Mm -hmm. like all within the family tree, like British rock that's more like punk based. Yeah. Yes,
3: definitely. Ray Davies and Dave Davies, great duo brothers. They don't like each
1: other, though, so kind of <laughs> weird. But, yep, that's the best, though. I mean, hey, that's pretty common. I mean, let's look at Noel and Liam oh, Gallagher. Brothers. Like, <laughs> brothers never get along.
3: Thank God I only have one sister. We're cool.
1: Focus <laughs> on the music. Focus. 1960s. 1960s.
0: All right. All right, that's going to do it. Now it's time to make our case in based on the reverse order. Matt, myself, Dylan,
1: Dustin, that's the order. Matt, I'm queuing you up. All right, so to recap my team to start off, I have Jimi Hendrix, one of the most iconic guitarists, vocalists, musicians of all time, a king amongst kings in the 1960s, all right? So Jimi Hendrix, round one. Round two, all right, round two. I went with Vietnam rock that defines the 1960s, and when you think of that, what pops in your brain? CCR, Creedence Clearwater Revival. All right, talk about John Fogarty leaving that band. You know Fortunate Son. You know a bunch of their other songs, right? That's synonymous with the late 60s. Well, yeah, they got a little bit in the 1970s. A bunch of it happens between 68 and 1970, right in that sweet spot. I go on. Seventy. <laughs> 60, 68 and, ni- and 60, 69. Thank you. Ooh. Anyway, continuing on. Going to Marvin Gaye, uh, ain't no mountain high enough? Are you kidding me? All right, there literally is, like, that's the, one of the songs of the 60s. All right, Marvin Gaye, again, I understand he has a little bit later on, a couple of other decades, which I will not mention, but 1960s got bangers on bangers on bangers on bangers. And then to conclude <laughs> the draft, I go with the godfather of soul, James Brown, in the fourth round? Are you kidding me? Is his timer up? All right.
3: <laughs>
1: beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful draft, I do declare.
3: Matt does declare. I do declare. Wow.
1: And I actually, I love all the drafts. So I'm not going to mention a whole lot, but I, please vote for me. Thank you.
3: Wow, thanks, Matt. That was a, that was a very polite ending. I liked that. That's good. that no one
0: ever good. goes after anyone else,
3: <laughs> except for a Bit. And I'm like, is that because there's
0: not enough time? Do I need to make a longer? Because these drafts so are so, so good. A little more shit. <laughs> <sighs> Heart's racing. It's because I'm next. Here we go. All your teams are missing something. It's the point. The (laughs) point of the draft. All of you have guys who are, yeah, they did good chunks of work from 67 to 69 or 63 to 66. Shut up. It's about the whole decade. It's 10 years. The Supremes, the Beach Boys, the Four Seasons, the Ronettes, they ruled the 60s. All of the 60s. We're not talking about three years. We're not even talking about five years. We're talking about all nine years in the decade. Not 70. Man, we don't include that shit. Get that out of here. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you a lot about them because I already told you about them when I picked them. I'm going to tell you songs to look up so that I can validate that these are the best from that decade. All right? Supremes. Back in my arms again. Stop in the name of love. My world is empty without you. I hear a symphony. Keep me hanging on. That's one of my personal favorites. Stoned love. Love child, someday we'll be together. Let's go to the beach, boys. I get around, round, get around. I get around, <laughs> I get around, get around. <laughs> get around. Wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> California girl, Barbara Ann, surfing USA, good vibrations. How about the four seasons? <laughs> Sherry, big girls don't cry, walk like a man, let's hang on, don't take my eyes off you. Greece, December 63, the Ronettes, be my baby. Come on, that. I can't talk about longevity. Sampled a lot. Oh, no. Walking in the rain. I wonder. Beepity beep. Wow. Uh, Mic drop. Nice. Nice. Can you... Uh, Shh. Don't tell me how to do my <laughs> damn job.
2: I agree with Ben on a lot of points. I, I also want to push back just a little bit. Yes. And say that the 60s were a time of huge, like, I don't know what the... Uh, convergence of different... Genres, different mentalities. People are coming of age. People are going through their own journeys. There was the Vietnam War. People are, uh, like going, and uh, I don't know, doing a lot of drugs and shit. Um, there was just like this mentality that shifted in the 1960s, which leads to a lot of different things happening throughout the 1960s, not just in one period or another. And yeah, you have some artists who remember to talk about your team. Yeah. What about your team?
0: No, shut the fuck up (laughs) y'all. So (laughs) he wants to ramble on about those things. Let him ramble. Anyway,
2: I just want to say I got Bob Dylan. All right. This dude was an icon. Not only did he do folk, he did rock. I got Rolling Stones. Keith Richards supposedly came up with Ain't Got No Satisfaction riff in a dream. Had to go search that song out in a fuzz pedal. That's iconic for rock music. Johnny Cash, the outlaw of rock, played in prisons for free for those guys. That's huge. In the 60s? In the 60s, yes. And Janis Joplin, the iconic voice in the late 60s. So powerful. All right. So, yo, that's my team. And while they hit at different times, that's okay. That's all right because there's still part of that '60s influence that we think of when we think of the 1960s.
3: Wow, I'm really impressed that you wrapped. He up. got, he got,
1: he got everything <laughs> in in that that time frame. Right
3: I was there. like, he's never gonna get to his team here. I know. I was like, get to I, liked, I liked the ramp, but I was like, okay, thanks bye.
2: for stopping me because I would have gone.
3: <laughs> yeah, you're going on it for the assist. abstract meta level. <laughs> Okay, I had the first round pick with the Beatles, of course, Icon, and come on. There's so many songs that you play, and it's like, oh, yeah, that song, that's such a hit. So many people still recognize it. Hey, Jude, Starberry Fields Forever, Octopus's Garden, come on. They can just keep going and going and going. Their album art, their stage performances, you know, their uh, going against segregation, their politicization as the 60s go on. Oh, so good. Uh, Lots of influences on the rest of music. So that's my first British Invasion band. My fourth round pick is another British Invasion band, but one that if you have not heard of, boom, it will redefine the British Invasion to you. You will never believe that. Wait a minute. There was a whole other side of music during this decade that influenced so many people, great writers, shaboom, shaboom. Don't think that you can just get the Beatles and be done with the British Invasion. Get out of here. I also had Aretha Franklin. Come on, Queen of Soul. You remember those hits that I mentioned during... The 60s, some of her biggest stuff. All of my favorites, pretty much. Chain of Fools, Respect. Come on. You make me feel like a natural woman? Yes. Ugh, get in the feels listening to those songs. And then Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, come on. You're talking about folk during this time? A good time for folk. You got, you have Dylan, of course. You folk, have Dylan. Yeah. Folk, <laughs> yeah, buddy. You there got you go. Simon and Garfunkel. Those beautiful voices sounding angelic, carrying me to another place in time, singing about shit like Rosemary Sage and thyme in a good oh, way. Yeah. What <laughs> we had? An, we had a
0: seventh grade student for for Halloween. She was dressed like I can't even explain the ghetto, but she was dressed in those three herbs. Mm-hmm. Yes, and she was like, "Do you know what I am?" And I was yes. like, "What?" And she's like, "I'm an album." Yes, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "So just like," and she told me, and I was like, "Ah, oh. this is my favorite." So student. impressive. You know? so she's hella so smart.
3: Impressive. She's a big pitcher? Oh, sorry. No, no, no.
0: (laughs) She was at Madison Middle School. Now she's at the high school. She's at West Seattle High. She sounds awesome.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's time for us to listen to some music and make some decisions. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. We need to pick a winner in this B. We
0: need to pick a winner. All right, y'all. It's time to vote. You know the deal. We're going to do three, two, one. Side note, in upcoming podcasts, this might change. Because I personally hate the point. And since I'm the one at the wheel, Hate I'm going to change the way that works. I feel like we should have almost like survivor style where we write our shit down and then, and hold then we reveal. Yeah. Because sometimes the pointing is too much prep. It's like, oh, I got to decide because there's been some drafts where I pick for someone. And then yeah. after I'm like, oh, man, I could justify for someone else a little easier. So, secret cha- ballot, secret cha- ballot. Yeah. Change up coming soon. Woo- but for this time, we're going to do a three, two, one countdown. Point to the person who you thought won. Let me move the cup from in front of me so that I don't knock it over. I put it literally next to the co- to the coaster. <laughs> it's Stupid. adjacent, yeah. It's All right. okay. Here we go. Three, two, one, bow, point. Dylan wow. getting Whoa! his first W got his first w yeah a boy a boy
2: i actually burr, feel burr, genuinely burr, burr, emotional
1: atta nice. boy i <laughs> went for it
0: i went
2: hard for That's it
3: awesome good job Dylan.
2: thanks y'all i just want to say i love all of you and uh, i love all you listeners out there and i love uh my family and i love my my uh, my pets
3: and uh you yeah, know lots of love I like that your thank you speech was given almost in the chilling with Dylan voice. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> I believe you have a partner in Dylan. Careful there. <laughs> she, She's my family. Yeah. But you were like, for all you listeners out there, I just like, like oh, oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you meant like I left her out. No, 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 way. no, no, no. You no, definitely no, no. included her, but Matt, you were given that Matt. Ooh. Why'd you vote
1: for Dylan? <sighs> heat, 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 and more heat. Uh, I honestly this is like one of the hardest picks I've had to make and it was more along the lines of I just think top to bottom you 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 kind of checked all the boxes of a couple different genres that I didn't even think hmm. about like the Johnny Cash pick I wasn't even considering that and then he dropped that and I was like holy hell he's right like Johnny Cash is like transcendent when you're talking about one of the biggest genres of music and he he kind of bridges the gap between like the Hank Williams of the world who are all like the real twangy and he he pushes country music into a whole new whole new spectrum and I didn't even consider that so that was just like it it was a mind blowing pick Rolling Stones I mean duh duh like I I just get I get it um and yeah it just top to bottom phenomenal phenomenal draft it's not a knock on anybody else's draft it's just like. There was a couple of picks that you had where I was just like, wow, I didn't really think about it that way. And it really like changed my perspective and kind of blew my mind. So phenomenal job, Dylan. Phenomenal, phenomenal job. Dylan.
3: Nice. Word. <laughs> I also voted
1: for <laughs> Dylan.
3: Because uh yeah, I mean Bob Dylan's a great first pick who kind of bridges into two different genres. Um, which Dylan and I kind of talked about at the break, which was so interesting, why people turned their back hard on him. He was playing at that Newport Folk Festival, like people loving mm-hmm. him, woo-hoo! and then all of a sudden he goes electric, and people were literally throwing shit people at him. People hated it. Judas, Judas, and it was like, whoa, that was an angry response. But yeah, that's just his personality, bridges multiple genres. Rolling Stones felt a little different than him as well. Janis Joplin is getting more into the psychedelic rock. Johnny Cash, you felt like you had a good amount of like different angles at which to look at it which if it was best songs of the decade geez when i was listening to some of your picks matt you might have got it if it was best songs your songs were so good but there were so many picks that were like yeah they kind of bridge a little bit into that late 60s 70s vibe but man those are some good songs ben you just brought don't talk up. about
0: my team <laughs> don't you voted for dylan that's enough. I don't need you to try and boost any kind of ego or anything. I'm good. I don't need your vote. It's fine. Right. It's coo- doing a good job. <laughs> it's cool. All right. I don't well, I I need I'm a vote there. at the table. i, I read like I, Like I told Dustin after we listened to music, I was like, oh, I ain't getting a vote. No one at this table is giving me a vote. I read the room. Because the problem is, even if we focus on the decade and we try to isolate it to the decade... We have 1990s, 2000s, 2010, 2020 years. We know about the legacy that some of this music's left, and we know how that music has developed into what we have today. So a lot of the stuff that y'all picked as we listen to individual songs, y'all's is the music that like grew, that kept going. Whereas I stuck to the songs that were for that decade. Like I said before we started recording, they're for the people who were born in the 30s, born in the 40s, born in the 50s. They weren't. We're not talking about people who were born in the 60s. People or in the 50s. Did that too, though. Your your team had like a balance of both of those. Like I think it was it was the two sides. Like you had a good like bridge between the two. But like mine was purely like, what did the 60s sound like if you turned on a radio? You might hear a couple of your songs, but most of what you heard was coming from me. But that doesn't hit in 2021. Like I said, read the room. And for y'all listeners, I encourage you, if you want to hear what the 60s sounded like on a radio, (laughs) like, you know, you want to hear what was quote unquote popular music, not tapping into countercultures, tapping into like the youth and where music became now. it's, It's a good lens to look through, but... I don't need you to pump me up. I I respect it. It's cool. Dylan wins. Dylan gets the music. He should. He's a freaking musician. I was really afraid of losing this one. Damn. (laughs) Get that dub, baby.
2: Hey, just so you know, my dad, he would agree with you. The guy who was in radio, he would agree with you about what was on radio because that's a lot what he talked about. Basically, like the people you listed. So,
0: I'm not disappointed with my team.
3: I had the freaking Beach
0: Beach Boys. I could have picked up Rolling Stones.
3: I mean, no one should be disappointed with their
0: team. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the draft. We need you to get on the social medias and let us know what you thought. Like Sarah Fizz did on Apple Podcasts. She told us, and I'm, I'm literally reading her review. So post some shit so that I can read it like I'm reading from Sarah Fizz. Shout out Sarah Fizz. Sorry hey, that shout we're out Sarah li- Fizz. Sorry shout that out. we're getting a little late to this because you posted in January. Damn, we suck. Sorry for the late start. But anyways, five-star review. Dylan, she left a five-star review. Thanks, Woo-hoo! Thank you. She listened to you, Dylan. <laughs> she said the title is Excellent Quality from Episode 1! Exclamation point. So I'm imagining she yelled it. Yeah! Excellent Quality from Episode 1! Let's go! <laughs> I stepped away so I wouldn't burst your eardrums. Thank you. <clears throat> and I quote Sarah Fizz. Not only is it a fun concept slash listen, but the audio is great. And they really have an ideal format straight out of the gates. Plus, they are really bad at picking good chips. Whoa, whoa, no! whoa! Hold no, on. I, I didn't proofread this. I don't proofread. I just see someone put it. I'm assuming you think Cheetos are chips. That's 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 where we'll leave that. And also, holiday movies. As someone who won both of those, Sarah, I know you're talking about the other three, so it's all good. But that's a good thing because it'll make you want to draft your own. Okay. She salvages it at the end. Also, some some boo-boo.
1: <laughs> hey. Hey yo. Hi.
0: Very entertaining. A must listen. That's it. Appreciate it. That's all there is. Thanks.
1: Much love. Much love.
0: So, Did we yeah. get yeah? What, what do you have to say, Dylan? Let's
2: get those five star reviews in, y'all.
0: Like, bring and subscribe. those Ooh. five
2: stars review. Like and subscribe so we can read your reviews on air.
0: Yeah, we're posting stuff on the Instagram, getting a little more consistent about Ooh. that. Ooh. And I see y'all hitting the like. But why the hell aren't y'all telling us what you think about who won? What you want to hear? We don't give a shit if you hurt someone's feelings. Vote for the team that you thought was the best. Mm -hmm. If you think, man, all four of these teams suck, suck it up. You spent the time listening to the podcast, vote for a damn winner. What are you doing? It's like the (laughs) presidential election. You might have two pieces of shit that you don't really care for, but you're still going to fucking vote for one. So just vote for one of these pieces of shit. (laughs)
3: Cosmic Wizard King, you're damn (laughs) shot (laughs) spire. I'm just saying,
0: I get likes and I'm like, oh, nice, they liked it. And we get all these listens and I'm like, dope, but not a Sarah Fizz. Shout out to you. I hold you in the Mount Draftmore of people listening because you actually respond. Everyone else, you have a duty. Listen, (laughs) get on the social medias. That's
2: at at Twitter. Uh, That's at Draftmore. Uh, Mount Draftmore podcast on Facebook
3: at Mount Draftmore on Instagram.
0: Get on one of the three. Let us know. That's that's the duty. We're a community. We want to hear from you. And if you have any suggestions for future drafts, let us know. If you're an expert, let us know. Who knows? Maybe we'll hit you up to be on a podcast. But that is what it is. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Until next time, be safe, y'all. Deuces.
3: Bye.